So welcome, 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 everyone, and uh, here to this in this third episode of our podcast, uh, we have a really special guest joining us today. Uh, his name is Pranam Nair. Uh, we both are we both are in the same we both were in the same high school. Uh, big shout out to Indian School Muscat, and yeah. <laughs> uh, so he's my senior and. Um, I have been following him for a very long time. He is one of the br- most brilliant people I've ever seen. And now I'm meeting him for the first time. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, no one can deny it because he is now in uh, Indian Institute of Technology in Guwahati. And I mean, reaching there, you have to clear one of the most difficult exams in this world which is IITJE and uh, whoever is brilliant, he can do that. And yeah, here it is, Pranam Nair. <laughs> so how do you feel coming here? <laughs> hey Jish, thanks for that uh, really generous introduction from your side. And yeah, I mean, uh, it's great knowing you. It's the first time we have interacted and uh, knowing that you've wanted to speak to me for quite some time, that makes me quite, you know, glad and happy. But yeah, at the same time, yeah, I mean, like, don't overrate me a lot as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm doing all fine. I'm uh, currently in Guwahati, mm-hmm. um, pursuing my uh, second year. I'm in my sophomore year. Um, I'm pursuing uh, computer science and engineering uh, from IIT Guwahati. Mm-hmm. So it's like that. That's that's great. Uh, even I'm uh, pursuing computer science. <laughs> so I'm in my first year. Yeah. <laughs> so ah, nice, nice. Mm-hmm. So... So how is IIT vibes and uh, how, how do you feel like, how did you feel like when you, when you saw that you have passed JE and now you're going to be the bad part of IIT? Yeah, that was a feeling completely altogether. I mean, you know, uh, I, was, I, mean, like, I was like, whoa, <laughs> finally, I mean, I was working quite hard for it for quite some time. And then finally, when I was, you know, like fingers crossed when, like mm-hmm. enter for the results part and yeah. when it finally came up it was way better than i expected my results and i was like wait i'm happy mm-hmm. and yeah then we had our selection process going on like you need to fill up your choices and all that stuff and the, you basically the counseling period and finally i got i got my uh, dream to you know get computer science in one of the top seven and then yeah i did get that so <laughs> it was really a great feeling and then you know finally getting a domain like at itg.ac.in <laughs> that's a feeling on its own <laughs> oh my god <laughs> that's like dream but nonetheless true. yeah now if you ask me like we are um, you know uh, pursuing completely in online mode so it doesn't make much of a difference like we are at home so um, what you're pursuing what i'm pursuing it's you know um, somewhat the same it seems like that yeah, yeah are, i'm hoping that the campus opens soon mm-hmm. so uh, yeah uh, that's it, it was even my dream, but then uh, I tried really hard, but then I had to give up. <laughs> uh, I, I wasn't, I wasn't like uh, really focused with all that study. I'm, I'm like really average person. So I'm like, okay, that's not with me. I just stick to whatever we are. <laughs> and we still have opportunities, I, I believe, like in our exactly. domain. In our domain, um, it doesn't matter if we get a degree from IIT or anywhere else. But then, yeah, getting into IIT is like, different room vibe <laughs> uh seriously I mean, yeah. ultimately the skills matter how yeah. you are with it yeah so 
what you do with your keyboard that's what matters <laughs> yeah i really so, like that <laughs> keyboard yeah so so whenever i see people uh, preparing for jit and um by the way who don't know what j is it's is this exam uh, which we have to pass for for joining iit i believe that it is and and yeah so i've seen like people um preparing for jee and they just they just don't care about their social life and just go deep into studying and everything like that so after they come into iit do are they are they the same or or then they become chill and all that i was just curious i mean it's a complete transformation once you clear of the exam it's like ah you've got a freedom you know that sigh of relief so in fact i remember uh, my sir during my j time the one who used to coach me i called him up the day before the exam and he was like listen now you just chill down go right take exam tomorrow when you'll be back it's like 15th august 1947 you'll have a completely <laughs> different feeling and that's a time you must rejoice to the fullest i mean you won't get that time i mean it's uh, that really which you get it's not all the same as how you get after your 10th boards or 12th boards or whatever for that yeah. matter and that's indeed true like we, uh, life becomes way less stressful after j i mean yeah, there are definitely new challenges and new things obstacles to overcome but yeah nothing seems impossible once you've done that mm-hmm. that's what yeah, yeah sure so, yeah pe- it does transform people i mean people do become a bit more serious like for example me i used to be quite into gaming before g and i thought that okay i'll keep aside gaming for some time now and once exams then i'll go back to it but once exams then i can't stick for 20 minutes to one game i'll just quit up and come out of it i'm like no it's boring so yeah innovate has transformed all of us to make us a bit more better and serious i would say um yeah sort of boring also you can say but uh yeah we are not you know stressed as we were during the j time so it's way more common peaceful now yeah okay uh so so i don't know if 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 you have ever compared with iit with other universities and how do you find like what's the difference between people who study in iit or who study in other universities like your alumni i i was researching some iit iitians and then they said that uh the alumni connection with the itians are uh, is like really strong and everyone is connected to one another and all that so how how do you like find the difference between other universities and iit all right so at this moment i'd say i'm the not the right person to comment about foreign universities for that matter because yeah, yeah they have their pros and cons obviously but as far as indian universities are concerned i would say i read this answer once when someone similar had asked this question and what the answer what i saw when i was going through the net was that what makes iit special is not just the brand tag of iit what makes it special is the people inside it, the iit that's what makes it more special i mean i'm not boasting about myself but the thing is you will definitely find someone like doesn't matter um how smart you are because ultimately when you're in the college like there is definitely going to be someone who's going to outsmart you i mean it could be your junior itself who is some better than you at some particular skill so that's how it goes on and people uh, are not competitive when you are in iit like how competitive you were during your j time of course we are competitive but not to the extent that we may you know like not help each other out people are quite helping and we always like you know 
other, try to look out for each other. And that's what actually matters. I mean, even the alumni, they it's not just that they have done IIT and they're sorted for life. They bring their companies to our colleges. They, you know, help out their juniors with recommendations or even getting placements or all that sort. So they, you know, have that tendency to look out for their uh, juniors. And that's what, you know, uh, plays a key factor again. And uh, that's, that's what the fact that you are like, you know, working in a team effort sort of thing. But again, yeah, you can look at each other. Everyone is like, you know, good at their skills. And like I told, it doesn't matter how smart you will get outsmarted by someone else. The fact that, okay, I, I have to be ahead in the race. So I have to continuously keep working. So that uh, keeps you motivated to do more and more. And um, that helps you achieve more, I would say. Yeah, uh, that's brilliant. Um, so, so before we dive, dive into those uh, those tech savvy words uh, artificial intelligence deep learning and all that <laughs> so I, I wanted to ask you that uh, why is there why is there this hype around um, all these words like I've seen several startup um, uh, descriptions and uh, tech startups mainly they they have this they have all these words, Every every startup literally has this word AI, machine learning, and now now it's more into Web three, I believe. But uh, but yeah, I've seen like this in most of the startups. So why do you think there's this hype around? And and what's that? What's the future in this that people are seeing that is still not revealed? Yeah, I mean, uh, the future is something highly repeated upon. And as far as AI, machine learning, and deep learning is concerned, it's a very, you know, it's more the hype than the results also. But the results which come out of it, that is what also creates the hype. I mean, imagining that your car could be driven automatically or anything for that matter, the results out of AI, like it, you don't need a doctor maybe, an AI robot can, you know, perform a surgery and cure you or so many other results that matter. That's what makes it more and more, you know, the hype builds up. I mean, the fact that, what humans can do can now be replicated without the need of a human. So as for, and why it's becoming successful is the fact that you're trying to bring two expertise together. What are the two expertise in the sense is humans are smart. We are intelligent, which the machines are, which if the magician, machines are not. But what machines can do is a speed. Like you ask, you ask a human to do two plus two, he'll say four. What you ask him to do two multiply two, okay, he'll say four. You do two multiply to exponent 10, 12 times, and okay, a person start thinking. A machine be like, okay, the answer is ready in less than mm -hmm. a second. Mm -hmm. Now, what artificial intelligence aims to achieve is the fact that try to combine the smartness along with the speed of computation. And that's what artificial intelligence is about. So the results which come out of it, the results which are born out of it, it's really beautiful for that matter. And it's more of the hype obviously because like you said there's a lot of hype if you go into the details of it it's a lot of math involved behind i mean not in-depth math i would say but obviously college level mathematics which is there which you and i must be learning the calculus and stuff that's what goes behind uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning uh, but yeah the small amount of math the wonders it performs makes the you know computer to learn to do several stuff and the results should come out of it. So that fascinates everyone around it. it just builds up the hype. Literally. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so, I would also stress upon the fact of data, like uh, math, of course, is there. The data part, that is also, you know, quite, uh, 
you know a pushing factor a driving factor i mean we always come around the world with data science data science the fact is that world has become more and more digitalized in the past uh, decade i would say that much amount of data wasn't available in the past so although you know the math the math has been around for nearly 200 or 300 years i'd say but you don't have the amount of data to you know perform the math on now if you want you can go across 2 billion records or a trillion records not an issue as such i mean that much amount of data is there so you can perform the data you can see the statistics you can apply the math on the statistics and see the results and those fascinating results is what creates the hype i'd say mm-hmm. so as you said that there's a large amount of data nowadays uh, available so i believe in this informative age there's also misinformation going around so what do you think is the misinformation related to this related to ai which is around and people ignore it people people believe that it's ai but that really isn't that you have you might have seen somewhere yeah i mean people often take ai to be quite magical sort of thing they think it's something uh, you know out of the blue that completely lit for example the fact of neural networks last evening we were discussing about that people say that like you know neural networks perform like the brain like a brain has got neuron and then one neuron transmits a signal to the next neuron and all that stuff but in the fact is not that the fact is that just you create a few bubbles of calculation so and one bubble of calculation gets input from so many other bubbles and then this goes to the output goes to so many other bubbles so that's mm-hmm. what basically happens I and mean, bubbles is neuron i'd say more technical word is a neuron so the neuron which we use in our deep learning is nowhere similar to the neuron of uh, human brain i mean we are nowhere near to even understand how the human brain actually works it's just the fact that we are performing uh, mathematics on the data and the structure which happens happens to be somewhat analogous to human brain but it is nowhere near to it but still people tend to use okay it's working like the human brain whereas it's actually not it just seems to it's apparently working like the human brain but it's actually not so such tendencies which people have about uh, artificial intelligence and deep learning is you know quite a misinformation i would say i mean you can delve into the technical details of it and it's quite interesting and fascinating but yeah the notion which is actually going around is not the actual fact not the ground reality mm-hmm. so so yeah uh, so we have like so many words right now around uh, artificial intelligence <laughs> deep learning machine learning and now you brought in neural networks as well so so let's let's go one by one and let's let's like segregate them or or i don't know i, I i'm not so uh, informative about this so so can you tell like out of uh, artificial intelligence machine learning deep learning and neural networks are they all combined or 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 are, or are they like different domains or what is combined and what is not combined or we can start with the definition of yeah AI. i would say that artificial intelligence is sort of i am not uh... that much into i'm honestly a computer science engineer so mm. not like into artificial intelligence as such in my speciality but mm. i have been learning for it for quite some time now so what i have come to conclude is the fact that artificial intelligence is sort of like an umbrella to all these terms mm. which is going on the fact that we are trying to make our computer smarter mm. anything you do for that matter mm. is which makes a computer smarter is artificial intelligence for example a typical program which you write in our computer science just has calculations and all that stuff mm. simple calculations with which you can't make any predictions or anything of that 
So for example, you give a set of rules, it will check on that set of rules and then it will give a output. So that is not smart. That is just you're giving it instructions and it's doing. But anything you do with a program that makes it smart enough to given a new set of inputs, something it has not seen before, it can find out an answer. For example, I, I have recently had an assignment which I had to do that is making a tic-tac-toe game. Now, obviously anyone can make a random selection for the computer, but making the computer choose a smart move, that becomes artificial intelligence now. Although I'm not applying really some machine learning or deep learning in that, hmm. but I'm just making the algorithm work a bit more smarter. Now that becomes artificial intelligence. So anything you do to make the computer perform in a more smarter way, that's sort of an intelligence the computer has got, but sort of natural intelligence and artificial intelligence. So that's sort of the thing. Artificial intelligence is the you know sort of uh, umbrella term I would say for all of this. Now speaking on to machine learning, machine learning and data science are somewhat you know hand in hand. Not exactly hand in hand, but uh, both are like you know it is uh, one depends on the other. I would say. Like that so machine learning is a fact that your computer is learning for, for example a traditional computer program you make it like i said you'll have a set of rules defined and then you give some input it will check for these rules blah blah a rule b rule c rule or whatever it is there it will give you an output but machine learning is a fact that you're making the computer learn from you know uh, already existing results you give already existing results to the computer. You don't ask it to come out with the result. You tell that, okay, this this was the case, this was the outcome, and you show for one million examples or two million examples or a billion examples. And then the computer starts to learn trends out of it. Like from the data, it will see, okay, when the mean is some when the mean of all of these values are somewhat close to the range of hundred, okay, this guy could be a rich person, or okay, this house might be a costly house. So it learns various aspects of statistics, which is called data science. It learns various aspects of it using the examples you give and then it learns from that and then it's able to predict when you give something new to it so it's not that you've hard-coded some rules hard coding in the sense you give a predefined set of rules and only that works so it's not that you're hard coding some set of rules you're making it learn from examples and then it is able to make new predictions on something which it which it's not seen before now that's machine learning in short data science is the fact that you're playing around with the data I mean, ultimately, for all of this to happen, like I said, you need to give examples, and examples come from the data we have. So why it hasn't been successful? I'll tell uh, hasn't been successful earlier, and why it is now? I'll tell in some time. So data science is the fact that, for example, um, how do I say? Like, supposing you want to see the sales rate of a company, and then you've got an input of like, okay, sales happened in month January, sales happened month February, sales happened in month march and so on for all the 12 months now you may go through the individual stuff but a smart statistician he wants to see the sales rate in general what happens so he might simply create a new column saying average of all of these months and then the computer knows that okay more than these initial 12 months i can just see the average of them and make a new prediction for the ones which are coming up so that's how you made a small modification to the data but uh, it made it easier for the algorithm or for the machine learning part. So all the um, sort of manipulations you do with the data to make it more efficient or to make it, for example, um, there is something called natural language processing. What it does is whatever you speak. Recently, I made this classifier called song genre classifier. You give the lyrics of any song to the classifier. It will predict that, okay, this, this song comes from, you know, pop or from hip hop or from rock. One second. 
choric disturbance. Yeah. So yeah. Um, so that's called natural language processing. Now the computer can't understand English language as all it knows is binary zero and all that stuff. Now data science. In data science, you can uh, perform some amount of uh, you know special calculations, which for example it will say that the particular word say love. This particular word love occurs in how many songs, and in each song how many times it occurs, and it may make a you know a log reciprocal or something of that sort, some calculation in it, which makes it easier for the computer to understand. The ultimately the computer will uh, generate a probability. Okay, the probability that this is a pop song is this much. The probability that it's a hip hop song is this much. The probability that it's a rock song is this much. And whatever probability is a maximum is the result which is going to come up in your screen. Mm-hmm. So to gen- generate that probability, you're not handling the data as it is. You're performing some manipulations in a way the computer can understand. So again, that's also data science. So mm-hmm. there are several aspects to it. And it's a completely you know deep field on its own. Mm-hmm. Like recently in our college, we have had a new branch open up just for the data science and artificial intelligence. And yeah, we have having good results in the admission part of it as well. Now, so that's about machine learning and data science in general. Now, moving on to deep learning. Deep learning is a fact that machine learning, it's just sort of machine learning extended, machine learning 2.2, I would say. What happens is in machine learning, uh, usually, you know, you a computer, supposing a computer wants to learn something, it obviously takes time to go through the uh, examples you've given. So supposing you gave it 1,000 examples, it will come, supposing give it 1,000 examples and supposing give it 2 million examples. It will definitely go through 1,000 examples much, much faster than 2 million examples. But the results coming out would be better in the 2 million examples. Now, what deep learning tends to do is it creates new algorithms, like it creates it creates new algorithms which can go through the large amount of data also in a quick time. Obviously, not as quick as this. Say, initially, you could go through 1,000 uh, examples in, say, uh, one second, and you're going through one, two billion examples in, say, uh, one minute. What deep learning will do is it has come up with new algorithms that instead of two minutes, it can happen in three seconds. Not as fast as one second, but definitely it's a major improvement. Something which used to take years may take just a few hours now. So like that it is. And yeah, it tends to work. So what happened now is that even large amount of data can be done you know, uh, using deep learning. And why hasn't it been employed earlier? I mean, deep learning uh, algorithms, which are there as such, was there present like for around 20, 25 years in the past, but it's not been employed a lot, but it has been employed for the last five, six years more and more, because the fact is that the amount of data we have now, it is much, 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 much more than what we had at that time. So even though they had deep learning at that time, they couldn't see the benefit of the results. Like, okay, I did machine learning, I'm getting this quicker. I'm doing deep learning, also I'm getting sort of similar results. But, you know, sort of, uh, you can't see the difference. But now you can see the difference because your large amount of data and machine learning is not able to do it as efficiently as deep learning is able to do it. So I would say sort of deep learning is like machine learning 2.0. But yeah, all those AI and ML and deep learning fans who are there out of there who know much more than I do. Uh, excuse me if I'm going anywhere wrong for that matter, but I'm just giving a, a perspective of mine, what I've understood so far. And yeah, that's how it works. So now one particular, the stuff, what we were saying, neural network. Neural network is a particular algorithm of deep learning. It's something, you know, specific to deep learning. What happens in that is something very complicated. 
yeah. I would love to say, but that would take another half an hour. So uh, uh, okay. Would, okay, no worries. Yeah, um, skip it. Yeah, like people say it works similar to the brain. I will not say that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. so so that's a lot to digest and understand uh, hopefully listeners <laughs> listen to this again <laughs> okay so uh, so so what do you think is dangerous uh, if ai i know it's 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 just like in its uh, early stages but when it comes to the greater stages what do you think are the dangers related to this can be in the future and if you were to write if you were the person who were going who was going to write uh, the protocols related to someone uh, someone using ai or ml what what would you like to like incorporate in that so that i mean safe. see uh, people do say a lot about the um, sort of threats to mm-hmm. mankind which could be born out of advancements in ai and machine learning as such but again that's sort of an overrated uh, misinformation again i would say mm-hmm. because ultimately see you are the one who is coding it is just math going on behind uh, given data mm-hmm. so yeah obviously there could be threats but the threats again would be in a cyber way like your data could be hacked or it could be reverse engineered the fact is that on its own supposing a person has created a, a machine learning program or an algorithm on its own it won't start to you know misbehave or uh, do something out of the blue that will harm you it's a fact that some other programmer is trying to reverse engineer the one you program to make it work in a destructive way that could be a possibility that uh, is a threat but mm-hmm. on its own it wouldn't do something which you haven't t- accustomed or tuned it to do mm-hmm. obviously it will learn new stuff but yeah it will learn new stuff to just become better if it's becoming worse you can make it understand i mean again by giving uh, more data to it making it understand that okay what you've learned is not the right thing it's just a misconception what you've learned as such so again i mean there could be threats coming out of it but it's not that serious i would say um yeah uh, the threats out of it are you know sort of minimalistic i would say yeah uh, definitely you shouldn't aim for having a 100% ai enabled society mm-hmm. you can keep yeah i mean you know a part of it in a way that you can reverse back so don't move aim for a completely 100% ai society something 85 90% in which you always have a scope to regulate it and become take it back to normal go, go with something like that but as such protocols you say i would say that just make a program or whatever you are doing with ai more secure that no third person can come and intervene with it so whatever you are doing it keep it somewhere in a you know secure location as such mm-hmm. so that you know the code which you have done doesn't become exposed mm-hmm. so so i don't yeah, know of course there will be like custom mm-hmm. custom stuffs like mm-hmm. supposing you you are doing a file management system or something you definitely don't want all of your data to get wiped out so you can definitely give it a command that no matter what you've learned at no point of instance you're going to delete a file without our permission mm-hmm. simple as that so, yeah. yeah that's that's a great uh way to put it and so so i've also like heard about this which is not being that famous or that hype um uh so so it's like the quantum computing uh which i have like heard about i don't know anything about that so so what do you think like what quantum computing is different from what we have just discussed 
Uh, let's see. Again, I'm also like how you are quite mm -hmm. uh, new to quantum computing, and I'm quite new to quantum computing. But I've read a few papers about it. What it basically implies the fact is that currently um, our systems, all digital systems, uh, it's currently digital systems. So as digital systems says, it works on binary zero and one. But that's not the case with quantum. It can store more than zero and one. So what happens with that is with the same amount of uh, resources, you are you can you know exponentiate the amount of memory you have. So instead of say one kilobyte can store this many bytes and one byte, or ultimately you come down to one bit. One bit can store a zero or one. But imagine if a one bit could store zero, one, two, three up till nine. So imagine okay. the amount if you take yeah. it to a kilobyte and then you take it to a GB. Oh, really? So you know the amount of profit you're gaining out of it. Now it's exactly not zero to nine. The exact amount I'm not sure of it, so I won't comment on that. But the fact is that instead of just storing zero one, you can store more states. Mm -hmm. So that that makes it more profitable and increases the amount of storage you have. Mm -hmm. So so, so I've heard revolutionizes. Yeah. Yeah. So I've heard that uh, more there's more innovation in tech the less uh, jobs, I mean, the more jobs are like vanished, the greater innovation in tech, the greater uh, jobs are vanished. And, but I believe like, well, like, like it's like one-to-one -one basis where one job is gone, but then there's an, another opportunity open uh, when uh, the tech has, you know, there's some innovation. It's just that people should keep their desire to learn uh, on every time so that they can pace up with that uh, so how do you feel like in this in this world where the tech has been is just growing exponentially every hour every day um, do you feel left behind or do you feel like there's some opportunity in front of me how do you feel I mean, exactly. I'm quite impressed by the comment you made and that's actually the ground reality in fact people say that um, the more advancement technology, the jobs are getting lost. But they're not seeing the uh, actual clear picture about it. It's just a, you know, a wheeled, a wheeled curtain in front of it. The facts are not, you know, exactly uh, brought out to the open. See how long, I mean, we have been, as a uh, organism, we have been evolutionizing since so many centuries now, from the monkeys, from the apes to now humans. And now what's wrong, becoming more smarter. And the fact is that I don't have to do farming on my own, or I don't have to drive my car on my own, or I don't need a specialized doctor to cure me. It just reduces the amount of manpower. So the person, for example, the driver who is there, of course, he's unemployed now. But imagine the amount of time he's got. The person he used to spend eight to 12 hours a day just driving, just driving. Now he can do so much other stuff in just those eight to 12 hours. Okay, for example, that driver is there. Now he could go, could take up a loan. He could start up his own driving agency. And then he can have AI algorithms ready for him and he can learn, get money out of it. And I mean, that's just an example. So yeah. people can learn, they can start learning the from the amount of time they've got, they can start learning tech stuff to contribute much more into the society which is already developing. So, I mean, the fact is that you shouldn't be like, rigid with the traditional occupations available to you i mean just have a broader vision to see that okay there's a vast array of opportunities lying ahead of you open up to you and that you're just leaving something behind to go to something much more better
Yeah. So like I wouldn't say it's a threat to jobs. Yeah, okay, it would be in a way, but it's creating something much better than just a threat. So yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was that was a really good statement. And uh I would I would like to finish with that, uh, with that uh optimistic comment on the tech and all the best to everyone. And thank you for listening. Thanks so much. Yep. Thank you guys. Good night. Uh